Welcome to Gateway Podcasts. We hope you enjoy the following recording from Gateway Church Doncaster in the United Kingdom. For more podcasts and information about Gateway Church, please visit our website, gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk. Thank you for listening. Happy New Year! Here we are in 2010, the start of another decade, and it doesn't seem like 10 years ago that everyone was worrying that planes might fall out of the sky as the millennium turned. In fact, it hardly seems to have been a year ago when we started our series looking at the experiences of Isaiah and that vision he had of God as he walked into the temple that morning. And as we carry on into this year, we're going to carry on looking at that series as we explore the theme of power. We're going to be looking in detail at the work and the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But this morning... As we stand barely a week into the new year, it's a natural time to do something else. It's a natural time to spend a few moments reflecting, looking back over the past 12 months and then looking forward at the year to come. This isn't a new idea. You know, the Israelites did this, or at least something very similar. Every time something significant happened, they put down a marker. They found a way of looking back and remembering what had been achieved or what had been learnt. One such instance was when they were stood on the banks of the Jordan. They were ready to cross into the promised land under the leadership of Joshua. And you can read the full story in Joshua chapters 3 and 4. And there's a lot of salient points that came out of it. The way the Ark of the Covenant was stood in the middle of the river on firm ground while they crossed. The way the waters parted. It was clearly a leading of God under his direction and under his control. But I just want to read you just a few verses that come from the beginning of Joshua chapter 4. It says, When the nation had finished passing over the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Take twelve men from the people, from each tribe a man. And command them, saying, Take twelve stones from here, out of the midst of the Jordan, from the very place where the priest's feet stood firmly, and bring them over with you, and lay them down in a place where you are going to lodge tonight. And then skipping a few verses, it says, When your children ask you in time to come, what do these stones mean? Then you shall tell them that the waters of the Jordan were cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it passed over the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. So these stones shall be to the people of Israel a memorial forever. 
the Israelites were standing right on the brink of entering into their inheritance. For generations, God had been promising that his chosen people would have their own land. But because of their disobedience and because of their unbelief on the way out of Egypt, they had spent 40 years wandering. And now they crossed the Jordan. They were actually setting foot on what was to become their home soil. And as over the past few weeks, I've been considering and praying about what this year has in store for us. Time and time again, I have felt we are on the edge of a significant time. Just like the Israelites were at that point. And so it was interesting that Bob this morning brings something which backs up what I feel that I need to share. So let me explain why I feel we're on the brink of something. The first reason is looking at the prophetic thrust over the past year. Now prophetic thrust is not a term that you find in the Bible. It's no good looking for it. It doesn't refer to it directly. But it does talk about needing to weigh what prophets bring to the church. And as I look back, it seems to me that the prophetic burden that has come to us time and time again over the past years are about things like a new season, the third stage of labour, and the end of an opening game. What these suggest to me is that we are coming to the brink of a new season. A time of giving birth when we need to push through on some issues and when we need to revise our thinking and strategy in order to play the middle game as well as we played the opening game. And so I want to look at some of these. The opening game is ending. easy to identify with this in some ways because we have come so far since our early days some here will remember meeting on a Sunday morning in our front room or travelling to Leeds Sunday after Sunday they will remember the move to Hall Cross School and then here to Cantley Community Centre. And even looking back just 12 months, we can see changes. We can see people who we now consider to be friends joining us. Colin and Carrie. Susan. Joel and Abby, was it a year ago you were with us? Yeah. Christine. And sadly, we've seen a few leave. Malcolm, Heather and Abby. We've seen some new developments. The football team's been training for just about a year now, hasn't it? Mark and Natalie's wedding. 
And in other things, there is just a sense that things have become much more solid. Even when a few are away on a Sunday morning, we still feel like a reasonably sized group. When Morwenna and I are away on a Sunday morning, we don't feel quite as nervous as we used to about what's going on. It feels like we're entering the middle game. And as we start to play that game, there's a number of things that we need to consider. Growth. Having laid the foundations, we need to start looking to see growth. Our vision is to see a large, vibrant church established in the town. You know, builders spend about 30% of the construction time of any building on laying the foundations. And so it's quite right that we have spent as long as we have making sure that our foundations are solid. But now it's time to turn our attention to growth. And to this end, I think we need to be putting our time and our energy into things that promote growth. Into socials, so that we can grow our fringe. Into alpha, so that we can see the people on the edge of things brought more into the centre of the church. Into evangelism and into growing and multiplying small groups. Socials. We need to be using these as an opportunity to invite others, not just to have a good time, I was really encouraged in November, actually it was early December, the Thanksgiving party, by the number of guests there were there. We've already had two inquiries about Alpha from people nothing to do with the church. And so Colin has agreed to run Alpha. So who do you know that might like to come along. Start thinking about it, start praying about it, and see Colin for some details. I know he'd also like some help. On evangelism, we need to keep sowing. Personally, through our contacts with friends, work colleagues, through activities like treasure hunting, And through other things like leaflets. And we need to make sure that our small groups don't just become a comfortable place for us. We need to be keeping inviting people who might be interested to come along to those groups. And we shouldn't be embarrassed about what we do there. We're a church. People ought to expect that we might sing, we might pray. And we might look at the word of God. There's no need for us to be embarrassed about that. I think we need to look at our venue. I 
interesting for us over the next year, where we meet and how we use it is going to become a key factor for us. We're getting to the stage where if we had a venue where we could use it more often, I think we would see significant growth. But it's confusing for people outside the church for us to hold different events at different venues. And so this really means we need to find a venue, a building that we can have access to during the day and the evenings. I think over the next year, finding a suitable building will be a key. We've already seen that under Rachel's care, with the help of Bastian and with the oversight of Chris and Anna, we've seen a growing group of young people. It was great to see seven or eight of them at North for the week. Having a building of our own would open up so many more possibilities. Possibilities to interact with people, to run socials, to run quiz nights, to run coffee mornings, maybe to start a kids club or a mums and toddlers group. But those are things that at the moment we can't do. I hope that over the next year we will be recognised as a church rather than a church plant. We're nearly there. We're so close now that we've already started to put some of the final things into place. And just to bring you up to speed with that, from a legal point of view, we need to separate ourselves from the Leeds Church, and so we are in the process of setting up our own, our own trust, because we've been operating as an offshoot of Leeds, and it's, it's right that we stand on our own feet. And those formalities are already underway, and we're aiming to be operating independently from the 1st of April. And so that will mean that we're going to have to ask people at some point to sign new standing orders and new gift aid forms. But we'll try to make that as painless as possible. And I'm really pleased that Bob and Jackie and Rob Coleman, who leads the church in Bolton, have agreed to be trustees for us. On the leadership front... You know that I've already started working with the leadership team and things have been going well. And I'm really grateful to those couples and other people who have been picking up more responsibility. And it's my hope that by the end of the year we'll be in a position to start identifying and appointing elders. I also hope that we'll see others aspiring to leadership and taking on responsibility. Because we need to be continually raising up, training and releasing leaders at all levels across the church. And our small group leaders training that Bob has been overseeing is a good example of this starting. This needs to become a regular part of our church life. You know, P.J. Smythe, in his book that the world needs more elders, says every church should look at how many elders they need to function correctly and then multiply it by three. 
because you should also be preparing leaders to go elsewhere and to plant other churches. So that means we need a dozen or so elders. That's going to be a challenge. But one I look forward to. But as we come into this third stage of labour, what are going to be the birth pains? I think the first one is just servanthood. One of the greatest things about being part of a growing church is there's always something to do. There are always opportunities for those who wish to serve the church. And if you've got any doubts about that this morning, you can ask Abby about how she's going to cope when the children's work doubles in size. You could speak to Anna about her aspirations for the worship team. You could ask who's going to be leading the next generation of small groups as we grow. You could think about who's going to act as a bouncer when we have the kids coming in from the community and connecting with our youth work. Where are the stewards going to come from when we get to a size where we need stewards in our meeting? And who's going to help Natalie with creche? Servanthood is going to be one of the first pains. The second is prayer. Now it might sound funny to put prayer and pain in the same sentence. Because prayer is the powerhouse of the church. And when we started Gateway, one of the prophetic words that was given to us was that we would be building it on a foundation of prophecy and prayer. But you know, committing yourself to pray and even more to attend prayer meetings, is costly. It's costly in terms of time. We live such busy lives. Sometimes it's hard to find 15 minutes for a cup of coffee. And so, thinking of setting aside time to pray can feel impossible. Going to a prayer meeting for two hours? Oh, forget it. You know, John Wesley had a saying. He said he was too busy not to pray. Prayer is desperately important to our development as a church and to the advance of God's kingdom. We need to accept the pain of praying regularly, devoting time to it and coming to church prayer meetings. The third one is taking on responsibility. It's a costly business. It's a commitment. It means we have to commit ourselves and because of that we lose part of our freedom. We have to be dependable because others are reliant on us and we can't keep letting them down. Sometimes, when we take up responsibility, the things that we would rather be doing just have to come second.
leadership. If God's put it in your heart to aspire to leadership at any level, then you need to be aware there is real pain involved. Don't get me wrong, there's nothing better than serving the church in this way. But I just want you to know it's not without cost. Taking up leadership within the church means sacrificing your own desires and dreams to serve our wonderful and almighty God in seeing his kingdom established. And it is both at the same time a tremendous privilege and a heavy burden. But if you know that God has put this on your heart for the future, then we need to talk. But probably the most tangible of the birth pains that we will feel over the next year is that of money. You know, since we started this church, God has provided for everything we need. And we should recognise that and we should give him the thanks and the glory. We've never actually borrowed money from Leeds. We have always had the money to do what we have needed to do. But we must recognise practically that most of God's provision comes from us. Out of the provision that God gives to each one of us individually, he expects us to provide for others through our gifts and through our offerings to the church. And so if we believe that God has called us to build, it won't be without pain in this area. And as we look at the issues particularly of buildings, we're going to have to look at this quite carefully. But even in our week-by-week finances, we operate on the basis of a faith budget. What do I mean by that? When we put it on paper at the beginning of the year, the cost of what we want to do and what we know our current income is, the two do not balance. Our outgoings exceed our expected income. But somehow, we get through the year. And often, we have a little left over. In the past, we haven't discussed finances very much. But as we move through this year we will start to give you more information so that you can prayerfully consider this as we go. In Bedford, we were for many years part of a church. It was originally called Woodside Free Church. It had the free in the title because when they put the housing development up, they also put a plot of land there for a Catholic church. And so they wanted to distinguish between the two. So there was going to be a Catholic church. In fact, it never got built. And the land got released for development. And there was Woodside Free Church. We used to joke about it. Nothing in church life is free. In fact, it's changed its name now. It's just Woodside Church. Because it certainly isn't free. That is just part of being a church with our vision. You know, just the cost of meeting here on a Sunday morning costs us £6,000 a year. 
if we start looking at acquiring a building, those costs are going to go up. So how will we manage? In preparing this talk, I was reminded of another word that came to us prophetically. David brought it to us one Sunday morning. And here's just an extract from it. It is my purpose to restore my church, to bring the gifts and the ministries to their appointed place. It is my desire that my church is not found naked. No, my body will not be found naked. I will make my body an instrument that shines not just in this world, but throughout the whole universe. And my splendour shall be revealed in it. My bride shall be a glorious bride. You know, when God says, my church will not be left naked, we have nothing to fear. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is our provider. He is the God who put a ram in a thicket before Abraham even raised the knife over his son so that in his moment of need the provision was there. He's the God who put the dream of an ark in the mind of Noah before the floods came. He is a faithful and generous provider. And scripture teaches us that the kingdom of God is advancing. It says in Matthew 11 verse 12, From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has been forcefully advancing, and forceful men lay hold of it. The kingdom is advancing and it's doing so forcefully the church is God's agent for the salvation of mankind it's his plan A he doesn't have a plan B and he says he will not leave his church naked I think we need to stand prayerfully, in faith, and in expectation as we progress through this year. And as we come up against mountains that block our path, in the power of the Holy Spirit, we need to see them cast into the sea. So I just want to ask you some questions this morning. Are you ready for the middle game? Are you geared up for growth? Or do you like the cosiness of being part of a small group? Are you ready for the commitment? Are you ready to serve? Are you willing to pray? Are you longing to take on responsibility? Are you aspiring to lead? 
And are you planning to give? You know, the Bible says that our treasure is where our heart is. On the things that are important to you, that's where your money goes. You know, people who love football can always find the money to go to a football match. It's true. Or for Sky TV, one or the other. Sorry, it's just an example. Don't feel under any guilt or condemnation about that one. No, I'll find the money. Okay, good. But it's true, isn't it? For the things we love, we find the money. comes down to one question, really. Are you with us as we push this year? As we hit those birth pains, but know that that's telling us that the birth is close at hand. I found it a great encouragement that Bob this morning brought that wonderful prophecy about a cocoon. Because it is about a year of transformation, a year of change, a year of new things, a year of growth. But that word was offering us the protection we need while we go through the process so that we can emerge at the other end, unfurl our wings and be the picture that God intends us to be. I just want to ask you to stand and let's just consider that for a moment. The question is just, are you up for that this year? Tim, can we sing Jesus, we enthrone you again? Thanks. Just while we consider this, and I'm not going to ask for any public response this morning, but let's just sing Jesus, we enthrone you again. Because actually, that's what this is all about. It's about seeing more people giving praise and glory to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. To our wonderful Saviour, Jesus. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. Don't forget to visit gatewaychurchdoncaster.org.uk 